if we're talking about people that are really stuck in those cycles of being consumed by work and feeling really obligated to ignore their needs, ignore their personal life, ignore their body and their energy and their emotions to focus on work, the first thing that you want to do is just start building your tolerance for slowing down and being present with whatever is in your body right now. And the fastest way I know how to do that is to just take those few breaths. Hey ladies, welcome to the Calm Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a certified hypnotherapist and I help women just like you every single day reprogram their minds to master overthinking and eliminate self-doubt so you can feel calm, confident, and elevated. Let's dive in. Aliyah Pritchard is an educator, coach, and founder of Kaleidoscope, an educational company and online community providing easy to implement tools for living fully self-expressed in harmony with your emotions. Utilizing her master's degree in couples and family therapy and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator certification, Aliyah works online and in group settings with those ready to feel epic in their body and confident expressing their unique truth. Aliyah, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here with you, Brooke. Thank you for having me on. And this conversation, I can already feel is going to be fire. Yes. For everybody who's listening today, Aliyah is one of my favorite coaches because I learned a lot from her about boundaries. I personally went through her embodied boundaries course. I recommend it to all of my clients. So today we're going to kind of take a little deep dive into boundaries and work. But before we get to that, first, Aliyah, why don't you just tell us about how you came to be an emotion regulation coach? How did you get into all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you so much. You're so sweet. You're the best student ever. <laughs> Such an amazing community member to be connected to. So I just appreciate you so much. Like my bio said, I started out as a therapist. And before I got my master's in couples and family therapy, I was working with kids from trauma backgrounds, doing a lot of attachment healing and behavioral training and really supporting them and learning how to be safe in a family setting after extreme trauma. And um how to heal what was happening in their body after the experiences mm. that they'd had. And when I got out of my master's, I was like, I don't think I want to be in a traditional therapy setting. Working with kids is so creative. It's so fun. And it honestly involved so much super transparent communication and so much boundary setting. I learned an immense amount when I was working with children in these residential settings and I loved it. But therapy with kids is like play and hiking and metaphor and imagination. So much of it is just teaching them how to be kids again and feel safe in their body, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So then when I transitioned to traditional therapy, I felt really stifled because I was just sitting in a room working a lot of the time with couples that weren't necessarily desiring to be there. They were just sort of yeah. checking the box and... I was using a lot of language instead of play and imagination. And I was like, this just feels so restrictive. Adults yeah. are really taught that we change through language. And that just didn't feel like the full truth for me. And I didn't feel like I got to be expressed as a healer and a guide in that setting. 
So ultimately, I took about seven years off, actually, and I was in the interior design industry and I was building houses, just doing creative things. Oh, my gosh. I I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah. 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 I was doing high end residential design um, in Los Angeles for quite a long time because I just thought, well, where do all the like creative people live? (laughs) Yeah, I was in Oregon (laughs) when I was in school and I was like, where do all the creative people live? I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I think that's the way. So I ended up in Los Angeles doing interior design. Wow. Uh, But honestly, I realized after a number of years of doing that, that what I was really enjoying the most is coaching my clients Mm -hmm. because everyone going through a remodel is going through major life transitions, right? Mm -hmm. And as a designer, you're in their money, you're in their home, you're in their family, you're in the middle of their personal taste and their desires for their future. Like it's so personal. Wow. It's stressful for people. And I was doing so much coaching. (laughs) So you were suddenly using that master's degree and had no idea that was going to come in handy. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. And I loved it. But I eventually right around 2020 realized I think I'm in this for the conversations and not for the pillows, you know? (laughs) So we moved into coaching and I thought, what is it that people need to know? What is it that like my friends are asking me about constantly? What advice am I giving over and over again? And boundary setting was the first thing that really stuck out that it changed my life dramatically because I'd learned to do it in a way that was very different than how other facilitators and therapists and mental health professionals were teaching it online. Well, the way you describe it um, through your course and just through all of your, your breathwork videos, it's, it landed for me in a different way as well. And boundaries Mm -hmm. always felt really like evasive and kind of just unclear. Like, what are they? And now I feel like I see boundaries everywhere. You bring a really interesting structure to it, but also to hear your experience working with kids, I think it makes sense because as adults, like you said, there's so many rules put on the way that we communicate. And you know, Aliyah, that I'm a huge fan of inner child work because that's mm-hmm. where we change and shift some of the subconscious conditionings and beliefs that we have that we developed yeah. as children. And I believe that we all have a part of us that's like the child within. And I think because you speak to that part of us, that's still creative and and wants to learn in a different way. And I think that's why your work like really speaks volumes. Like someone just needed, needed to break it down for all of us. And it's like, then you came along. I I mean, there should be a course. We should have this class in school. (laughs) We should. And you know what? Without giving too much away, we're working on it over here at Kaleidoscope. We are working on it. I love that. But um, Yeah. It's that's coming. That's coming. Hopefully. Sooner than later. Um, But it is, it's such a foundational skill, the ability to communicate and to express who you are. And boundaries really, they define your identity. Yeah. They define what you're available for, what you're not available for, what you desire, what you need, what you expect, right? That's kind of the crux, the foundation of boundaries is your needs, your personal needs, your emotional needs, your creative needs, your desires. And your expectations, your needs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just pause you for a second there, because this is a big one that I see a lot of my listeners, a lot of my clients, we've been taught, we've been conditioned. We're constantly trying to make sure everyone's comfortable around us. I see a lot of clients of mine who are 
working for companies that they wake up in the morning and they're getting emails, they're getting Slack notifications there. And the expectation is like constantly be on for your company, right? Mm -hmm. Or your family or your friendships. And I see a lot of women feeling super depleted and super like just on overdrive, busy, busy, busy. I call it busy woman syndrome. (laughs) And what I've realized is that there is kind of like this cultural, it's this pattern that gets passed down of not being taught to actually protect your energy in a way that allows you to show up as a more effective human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not being taught to even feel safe in your body, right? Yeah. The way that we've been conditioned to operate, especially in the workforce is really one of abandoning all of your personal needs. But that feels really comfortable to a lot of people, not only because it's so normalized, but when we're younger and we get stressed out and we don't know how to cope emotionally, what do we do? We dissociate from the body and we spend a lot of time in the mind. And when we're at work and we're in work mode and we are putting all of our energy to attending to work, we are mostly staying safe in that little sanctuary that is the mind, even if it doesn't feel good, if it's predictable, if we've been doing it for a long time, it's safe. Yeah. And so it is like, it's so much about working with those inner parts of you that haven't felt safe being present in your body, connecting to those needs and desires and expectations and doing it in a creative way, because why wouldn't you? We are creative people. If you're a human, you're a creative person. Like you are nature, nature is creative. It's just what it is. Don't argue with me about it. Um, But it really requires that we slow down and learn how to interact not only with our thoughts, but how we respond to our emotions and how we listen to our body and build awareness around what it needs. And it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's a relatively simple process. Um, but when dissecting how I wanted to teach boundary setting and how I'd learned it specifically to be so effective, I found that this emotion regulation piece was the biggest thing missing from how other facilitators and coaches were teaching it, Mm. and that we have to be able to regulate our nervous systems and really be present with our emotions if we're going to access our inner voice, right? That's where your boundaries live, right in the middle of your beautiful, wise body, your inner voice there, access our inner voice and liberate it so that we can actually Mm -hmm. speak our truth. Yeah. But so many of us feel so unsafe in our bodies. We don't pay attention to our inner voice. We stay safe up in the mind all day long. And from that place, boundaries are confusing. Yeah. And when we're not in tune with our needs, we end up putting ourselves into whether it's a workplace situation or a relationship or whatever it is into situations that aren't actually safe. And then we feel blindsided when things go awry. Right. And I, I think that's the one thing I try to like describe to my clients or to my listeners, like the more you can slow down and really get to know your needs, your intuitive, that wise within you develop a level of self-trust that you don't have to worry anymore about feeling like the rug gets pulled out from under you, whether it's in your relationship or at work, because you're so in tune with yourself and your choices. Mm-hmm. And you are able to make decisions that are more in alignment with your needs. So you don't end up in a situation that 
that is out of alignment. Yeah. And Brooke, how terrifying is it sometimes when we're used to working and working and working and staying disconnected to do that, to slow down and start listening and sending so much love and compassion to your body and actually listening to what it needs and supporting like all those parts of us that have never felt safe being seen and held and hurt. It's so scary for so It feels weird in the body. Actually, I'll never forget. I was 30 years old the first time I had an experience. It was a headspace meditation of all things. I hadn't discovered breath work yet. I was doing yoga. I was starting to slow down. I was just getting out of that like noise in my head and just dropping below that into Mm -hmm. the embodied experience. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on the floor and I'd just done a headspace meditation. And it was the first time I really actually was able to tap into that like space between thoughts. And I had a full on... (laughs) like little mini anxiety attack. When I felt it, I had to open my eyes and I looked around my room and I was like, Brooke, you're sitting on your floor. You're in your bedroom. Everything is fine. There's nothing to be afraid of that. That feeling you just experienced was actually a deep state of presence. Yeah. Terrifying. (laughs) And I literally was like, what's going on? Like I, I, it felt like an altered state of consciousness almost like it was such a different experience to be that rested in my body. And I, and I talk about this here on the podcast about this idea of homeostasis, that when you've been functioning at busy woman syndrome for so long, when you've been go, 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 and you fill all of your time and you don't like to slow down, I get it. I was there, but when you first actually get back in your body and out of that noise, it feels uncomfortable because it's, it's new, new. Yeah. and your nervous system's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Where'd our right? defense mechanisms go? Yeah. This is not safe. This is unknown. What are we doing here? Yeah. But How with repetition, and I know you talk about like kind of developing almost like a, um, uh, what's the word you use? A tolerance for your emotions, yes. a tolerance for feeling present in your body but right. it's not just tolerance. It actually, over time, it becomes, it feels so good. Like the more you do it, you start to crave. And that's what happened for me as I was like starting to crave that, that peace that I got from just getting still. And yeah. once you can start to crave it, it becomes much easier to integrate it into your lifestyle. And that's sort of like the tipping point. And for mm-hmm. me, it was the headspace meditation combined with hypno, I was doing hypnosis, working with a hypnotherapist at the time that tapped me in, but that was my tool that I used. And breath work is also a really powerful tool for that. Ooh, we have so many incredible tools for navigating this process, which I'm so glad that you had such a poignant experience, but not only that you had that experience of feeling present in your body and connecting with that sense of inner peace, but that you also then had the awareness to go, and now I'm panicking. (laughs) (laughs) And these two things don't feel like they should go together because sometimes we don't have that awareness built, right? It takes takes a certain amount of presence, which it sounds like maybe you were getting from that work in hypnotherapy to even just have the awareness of duality in your body and to realize that you're not just one thing all the time. You're not just anxiety or just stress or just panic or just fear or anger, right? You are someone witnessing the sensations moving through your body 
that are the emotions. Emotions are just a neutral sensation paired with a thought that makes meaning out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So like we get to make meaning out of the sensations in any way possible, any way we desire. And I love that in that moment you went, huh, peace, presence, whoa, space between thoughts. This is novel. And then you felt your body pull up that sensation of anxiety and panic. And you went, huh, panic, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How do I want to deal with this in the moment? Yeah. I'm in my room. I'm safe. Body, you're okay. Mm -hmm. Because that level of awareness and that that willingness to be the observer and the witness mm -hmm. of all mm -hmm. the experiences that you're having in any given moment not only allows you to be more present because you don't feel like you're out of control, you feel like you're observing what's happening, but it allows you to build that tolerance yeah. for sitting with your emotions long enough to actually process them, Yeah, which is such beautiful work and yeah. ultimately will get you to that place where if you are dependent on working in order to avoid your fears or to feel safe or to feel like received by your community or, you know, accepted at your workplace, right? If you are in that state, it's just going to take time, but it is possible to slow down and then really just reevaluate. Like, what is it that I need? Do I want a job with different boundaries? Do I want a job that gives me more space? Do I need more energy in this area of my life or that area of my life? But it does, it does dependably build when yeah. we start learning how to slow down. And breathwork, as you said, is such a good, yeah. such a good tool for that. Well, and that's, it's, it's, it's very simple to kind of reiterate what you just said, because I think a lot of times I see with clients and myself, the way that I experienced it was, it feels like this really complicated thing to get control of your thoughts. Like mm -hmm. I talk a lot about like, get control of your thoughts, get control of your emotions, but really that's just like top level. I, like I'm just using that language because that's what everyone thinks they want to do. Yeah. But the truth is we're not actually getting control of the thought processes. All we really need to do is just drop out of them. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's why I love breath work because it's not a cognitive process. It's actually a physical process. You're literally just being like, okay, I can't think my way out mm -hmm. of this. So yes. I'm just going to do this physical practice and just drop out of it and get present. And that's the power. Breath work is one of the most powerful ways to stop overthinking it and just get out of that voice in your head and just get back in your body. And it is like a fast track for presence yeah. and getting that rest state for yeah. your nervous system out of survival into presence. And when you talk about like emotional regulation, not being able to really set boundaries or do anything else until first you can emotionally regulate, well, step one is just getting in your body. And that's like the calm edge, right? That's why I just changed the name of my podcast. You actually can get ahead in your life by just practicing more calm. What are those creative things that get you out of your head and into your body? And breath work is so freaking powerful. And just to also piggyback this is it doesn't mean you have to do a 40 minute breath work. It could be three minutes. Yeah. It's so powerful and it works directly with your nervous system, which is the most incredible thing about it. Yeah. And breath work has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right? It's not something that the Western wellness community suddenly made up mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, but it has finally trickled into the Western world of science and empirical studies and 
um, medicine in a way that I think a lot more people are listening. And what we've found, especially just with studying it in the last 10 years, is that it directly works with your autonomic nervous system, yeah. which we used to think was automatic. Like we had no ability to direct it, right? That's your immune system. It's your breathing. It's your heart rate. It's your temperature. And you can consciously direct yeah. your unconscious nervous system through just breathing. And sometimes that's as little as 60 seconds. And if you're wanting to try it, you can just breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, but with a bit of intention, kind of jumping into what I call a halo active breath. So breathing fully in through the nose and then fully out through the mouth without pausing at the top or the bottom. And just do that for 10 or 15 breaths and see how you feel. But it might start bringing you to that sort of calm edge, the edge being, wait a minute, why am I starting to feel better? (laughs) (laughs) Why are my thoughts slowing down? Because it does sort of trick you into an altered state of consciousness. Now, of course, if you're just breathing for a few moments, you're not going to like suddenly blast off to the stars. Mm -hmm. That's more for the meditative breathwork sessions where you're in there for upwards of 15, 20, 30, 60 minutes, right? But breathwork is a lot easier, I think probably in similar ways to hypnotherapy than meditation for a lot of people, because it's so challenging to release thought. And in my opinion, it's not necessary. Meditation is beautiful. There's so much incredible work that you can do with transcending and meditating and finding that quiet still place. But if you're wanting to work on finding safety in your body and releasing the stuck emotions that keep you from speaking your truth and also knowing what your truth is. Breath work, hypnotherapy, you don't have to fully just reach this blank state of meditative bliss. You can use your mind to go into other pictures, right? To start building your tolerance for being present in different visions or landscapes or narratives. Mm -hmm. And you can use your breath to start physically on a nervous system level, shifting your body into those restful states where it starts to feel safe with you holding it there. It's a little bit, I want to just say this really quick. It's a little counterintuitive sometimes breath work because we think of it as something that calms our system down, but we're actually stressing the body. So when you're breathing in an activated way for a prolonged period of time, You are stressing the body out. You're changing your oxygen levels, your CO2 levels. But what makes it on an emotional level so freaking powerful is that you are the one accessing that stress. You're the one inviting it in. You're the one choosing how deep you go. You're choosing your pace and your pattern, right? You are always the one in control of your breath. And you get to choose when you slow down and when you speed up. And so your body then experiences a stress, experiences you holding it in a safe place with that stress. And then it starts to learn, oh, I don't think I need to hide from the stress. I don't think I need to avoid it or disconnect from it or numb out from it or freak out. I can trust you to handle stress. And then that gets mirrored into your life in so many beautiful mm, ways. Yeah. It's so much more powerful than traditional it therapy alone. It is so alone. much I more powerful. You guys, it's it is amazing. Like, it's so funny because it's like, 
you know, sometimes I I've talked about this on my Instagram stories where it's like, I get away from my breathwork practice. It's like the one thing I know that will immediately make me feel better. And then the, t- the minute I do it, even if it's just for five minutes, it literally, it, it alters your physical and emotional state almost immediately. And I think what, for me, the reframe was realizing that I have emotional flexibility. I can go from feeling one way to feeling another way in a very short period of time. What does that mean? That means I'm not stuck in any emotion. So the meaning that that gave me, the reframe that that gave me was, oh, if I can feel better in three minutes after breath work, like that means the next time I feel sad or anxiety or any kind of like deep emotion I'm not stuck in it. It's actually just something that's passing through. And that gave me a lot of freedom. And also just regularly, like some mornings I'll just do, I literally do, I do a triactive breath. I'll do like 90 of them. So three sets of 30 with a hold at the bottom, the hold at the top. And I feel like I am literally smoking weed when I do this. Getting high on your own (laughs) supply, baby. That's like a whole other thing, by the way. Like, (laughs) so, but it, it actually feels like you're cultivating a positive feeling in your body. And when you do that for three minutes, every single morning, that starts to shift your natural state. You start to wake up and automatically start to run and fire neuropathways in the brain for more positive emotion, positive feeling in the body, right? Like Joe Dispenza talks about, like, we are essentially a chemical habit. We wake up every single morning and we're running thoughts and feelings and emotions, neuropathways. So when you're practicing that every day, you're starting to train your brain, your body to feel that as soon as you wake up. So there's that piece to it also. I mean, it's, it's, you can literally, it's like you have an, a drugstore in your brain with using your breath. Yeah. And there's so much liberation in that space where you realize not only do you not have to be overwhelmed by your emotions because you can support that energy in moving through your body, you get to choose how you hold that space, right? Yeah. Now, I don't want to say that we get to think our way through it. We get to force it in a direction, right? We It's part of this experience is learning how to listen to your body and say, what do you need from me right now? Grief. What do you need from me? Anxiety. And it might need you to hold space, to slow down, to sit with it, to process it, to really comfort it and nurture it. Yeah. Right? But it might also need to just be shaken off because yeah. it's an old habit. It's an old neural pathway. You can recognize that it's a part of your belief system from the past, the part of how you used to cope when you were younger, and it's no longer relevant to your experience. So you can go into the emotion, but help it shift with bringing intention to your breath or honestly to any kind of creative coping practice, right? Breathwork is such a foundational practice, but it's not the only one. You're always connected to your breath. So you're always doing some sort of breathwork, let's be honest. (laughs) But you can also dance and you can shake it out and you can move and you can do nervous system um, movements and practices. You can color, you can sing, right? You can use your voice. Mm. You can do so many things to start processing your emotions, but really start to feel safe in your body. It really is just a matter of taking any movement towards connection, Mm -hmm. right? So if we're talking about people that are really stuck in those cycles of being consumed by work and feeling really obligated to 
ignore their needs, ignore their personal life, ignore their family, ignore their body and their energy and their emotions to focus on work, the first thing that you want to do is just start building your tolerance for slowing down and being present with whatever is in your body right now. And the fastest way I know how to do that is to just take those few breaths, either the triactive breath, which is a double inhale, filling your belly, filling your chest and exhaling all through the mouth. It's a pretty intense breath though. Yeah. So, you know, working up to that, right? Work your way in. You can also (laughs) breathe in through the nose with that double inhale and exhale really slowly if you want to go for more calming, but take those few breaths and just turn towards your body today. Do it right now if you're listening to this. And just ask, what do you need from me right now? And notice what's present there. What sensations are in your body? Where are you holding tension? Where are you holding heat? Where are you holding stress? What emotions are there? Where are they? Are they in your tummy or your neck or your chest? Like, Just start building that awareness and that ability to be present. And over time, that will start to strengthen. And suddenly you're going to be like, ooh, I notice that it's a no in my body to doing more work right now because it's 7 p.m. and I'm supposed to be with my family because you now are connected to your body and you get to be led by the genius of the body rather than staying up in the mind all the time, trying to predict, figuring it out before you've ever even experienced it. Like we have an internal navigation system that tells Mm -hmm. us exactly what we need, exactly what we desire and exactly what we expect from the world. We just have all been taught to ignore it and it's there, it's your body. Oh, this is such a great conversation. And I, I'm going to transition here for a second. You teach five types of boundaries in your course. So do you want to give us like a quick, short and simple definition of what boundaries are kind of back it up here? What is a boundary and why is it important to learn it? We got to start there. Let's go into the intellectual because we get to do both, right? We get to be body-led and mind-led. They're connected. I know. I love it. Me asking for definitions. (laughs) I know we get to do both. So can we it's, really this? Important thing. it's an important thing to conceptualize. Now we talked about the emotion regulation and the breathwork part first, because that is the first part of your journey, right? You need to be present in your body in order to listen to the things that it needs and then use language to express that through a boundary. But once you start understanding what you are available for and what you're not available for, this is what boundaries are. It's really easy to learn these things. It's just sort of scripts and ideas and concepts. So I like to say that boundaries really do create your identity, right? So it's everything that you engage in. There are actually seven types of boundaries that I talk about. Oh, Huzzah. (laughs) We got so many. We have physical boundaries. So that's your physical body and your physical space, right? So you could also think about that as like your bubble, but how you interact with your body physically. And some of these overlap, but we'll do our best here. Personal boundaries. So those are the boundaries you set with yourself. These are always the first kind of boundaries that we start working on when we're doing this work. This is like your daily habits, kind of what you're saying when you wake up, do you go off on this unconscious routine that you were taught that you learned, or do you actively step into a new way of being that's more in alignment for you? Um, How do you interact with your thoughts? and your feelings and your space, right? So all the things that create your relationship to yourself, your emotional boundaries, how you interact with your emotions and the emotions of others, your spiritual boundaries, right? How you make meaning out of life, um, the mentors that you choose often, 
come into your spiritual boundaries, what you believe your purpose is on earth, um, what you believe you're a part of. And we've got mental boundaries, how you interact with your thoughts and your intellect and conversation and intellectual conversation and debate with other people. This one I love. I'm just going to pause you really quickly because as a hypnotherapist, I teach so much about conditioning and our belief systems and how our childhood and culture and family patterns impact our beliefs and our perception of the world. And I loved learning about mental boundaries because it's, you know, this idea that like, I can have my perception, my experience, and I can own it without feeling overwhelmed by the need to accept somebody else's definition of what, what the reality or what perception was. They're allowed to have their own and I'm allowed to have my own. And especially in relationships, especially in marriage, Yes, <laughs> right. There's two people, right? There, there are two people <laughs> and everyone has a right to their own experience and mental perception of the world and without feeling overwhelmed by the need to accept the other person's reality as your own. That's That's such a big one, isn't it? Yeah. And I realized like, that's so much of what I teach, but I never thought about it as a boundary. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a boundary because you are not only owning your desires to interact with the world, the way that you interact with it and hold the beliefs that you have, but you're also owning the reality that someone else gets to do that for themselves, yeah. right? And that love isn't us just mushing together. Yes. <laughs> what Our a concept. Just <laughs> us like giving in and someone winning, right? Which by love the way, was... is a whole other episode. <laughs> to talk That's about 17 our... other episodes right. to come, yeah. <laughs> we get to really fully be ourselves and that doesn't take away from the ability from someone else to be themselves as well. Right. We can all fully exist without sacrificing our authentic spirit and beliefs and desires. Yeah. And we can start to choose what beliefs and desires impact our perception of the world. If we, you know, we don't have to just adopt the patterns that we've been taught that when Mm -hmm. we start to recognize how we've been influenced, you know, in hypnotherapy, we're working with suggestibility and this idea we're constantly being influenced by marketing and commercials Mm -hmm. and media and the people around us. So starting to kind of become aware of the influences around us and decide, yes, that works for me. And it is in alignment and know that, you know, maybe this other messaging is not in alignment with what I believe to be true about myself and who I am. Yes. I want everyone on earth before they decide what they believe or what they interact with to run that option through their body and to say like inner voice, is this something we want to adopt? Is this an alignment for me? Is this what I want? Is this how I feel? Is this working towards creating the world that I want to live in? And then responding and then choosing, right? Beautiful. Got the answers within, babe. You got them right inside you. Yeah. All right. So then we just have sexual boundaries. boundaries. Yep. We we got all kinds of boundaries. Um, We have sexual boundaries. So that's your sexual energy, your sexual interactions and your relationships, how you use it, how you allow other people to express that in your space. And then energetic boundaries. What's the energy in your body physically? What is it emotionally? How do you spend your energy throughout the day? Where do you receive it? Where do you release it? And ultimately, what these all create is a lot of decisions that you get to make throughout your day. But I want you to think about this. 
if you're in a constant state of disconnection and stress, if you're living up in your mind, you feel disconnected from your body, you're avoiding your emotions, you're holding your truth back, and you're not honoring what you need from any given moment, you're going to be in a state of stress and survival because your body is going to be activated and trying to defend itself from anything that could go wrong, right? So the easiest way to know, are you in a defense mechanism right now is, or this survival state that we talk about so often is, do you feel anxiety or anger or um, shame or guilt or fear on a regular basis? Because if you do, if you're feeling that daily, then you're in a constant state of stress and survival and on an emotional level and on a nervous system, physical level, right? And that means that you're not going to be able to set boundaries from that space. You're going to be defending yourself. Now, this is usually what people think about when they hear the words boundaries. They think no is a complete sentence. Get out of my space. Get out of my life. I'm not there. I'm not interested, right? But I want to shift that a bit because when we do this work to slow down and connect to ourselves emotionally, build that safety, build that presence, build that space where you get to hold your body through anything it experiences and do it in a really compassionate and loving and confident way. When you do that work to be present and calm and grounded in your body, suddenly your boundaries get to be invitations. So they're no longer barriers, they're building bridges between you and other people, you and the experiences that you want to have. They literally communicate what someone needs to do to connect with you in a way that aligns with what you authentically need or desire or expect. And it tells people exactly how to do it. This is the piece that we miss so often. We think that we, other people should know, right? Or that it should be assumed that we should interact with each other this way or that we should have certain expectations at work, right? Or I can't believe my manager's asking me to do that. There's those kind of moments. But have we actually communicated what we are available for? Mm -hmm. Because the likelihood is we haven't. And then we have all the other people we're interacting with who also aren't communicating these boundaries and the as invitations. And so none of us, like we're all just walking through the dark here, trying to yeah. figure out how to feel safe in our relationships and connect. You make a but really important point here that I kind of want to dive into because this idea of like, well, if your manager asks you to do something or you wake up and you have a bunch of Slack notifications at 7 a.m. and you haven't even gotten out of bed yet you can make the choice to not answer Slack until a certain time, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's up to you to set that boundary, right? So it's up to you to kind of create those boundaries for yourself. Nobody else is going to create them. And it's not your manager's fault or someone else's fault for asking you to do something. It's actually up to you to set that to actually just say, okay, that's something I can get to, but I won't be able to complete this project until the end of next week. Or right. sure, I'd be happy to take that on, but I'm going to need X amount of time to do it. Or, you know, I, I have a lot on my plate right now. So you have to be able to set the boundary for yourself. But I realize, and this is where breathwork comes in, that when you haven't been setting boundaries, it can feel really uncomfortable, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, discomfort, mm -hmm. anxiety can come up around just being like, I'm not going to reply to my emails until 9am. <laughs> a yeah. very simple boundary, right? Of like, but they expect to hear from me as soon as I wake up, but 
you know, my clients are on the other side of the world and they've been up for six hours. So I have to start work at four in the morning. You know, you have to ask yourself what's going to allow you to be the most efficient version of yourself. You will do better work when you're setting those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the shift that we need to make, that you're going to be more productive, that setting boundaries isn't going to mean, doesn't mean that you're quitting the job that you're in or leaving the job that you're in, or that you're going to do less work. It actually is going to help you be more effective at your job, be more focused, have more energy, have more capacity, maybe for a leadership role versus Mm -hmm. just like being in fight or flight and having to do, do, do right. Like what's right in front of you. Right. Yeah. We want to move into that space of really being being present with what we're available for and expressing that, right. Rather than going into what most of us feel a bit safer doing, because it takes a little bit less energy is just resenting other people and feeling like something's happening to us rather than stepping into that space, which feels a little uncomfortable in the beginning. But then once you start practicing, feels like connection, feels like freedom, mm-hmm. feels like freaking bliss compared to what we freedom. were before. It's freedom, freedom. <laughs> yeah. Where you actually say, you know what? I realize that I have been attending to these Slack messages at this time and throughout the day, and I'm not actually energetically available for that. It's pulling from my ability to do my work in all these other areas. And I know that this is what you expect of me because this is what I've been doing for the last few months. And I need to let you know now that I'm not available for this any longer or long-term. So we need to talk about how I can transition into starting work at this time or only answering messages at this time and a way that works for both of us. Right. Or and in everybody a, and get if that. we're not able to, yeah, if we're not <laughs> able to do that. To that, write that down and email it to your boss. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be a fight, right? But when we feel that anxiety or that guilt or that fear of being abandoned or disconnected or shut down or judged, it feels like a fight when we go to set these boundaries. But I want everyone in here to know that not only is it okay for you to be exactly as you are, we all have different amounts of energy throughout the day. We create in different ways. We connect in different ways. We focus in different ways. We're good at different types of work, right? It's okay for you to have your unique set of desires and needs and um, availability, right? And it's okay for you to take up space with that because kind of like you were saying, when you're just giving without any limits to your energy and your attention and your time, you're showing up to everything like probably 30 to 40% drained. You're not even fully there. Even though you feel like you're going above and beyond, you're actually doing everything that you are interacting with a disservice, including your relationships. So when we give ourselves permission to take up that space, what we do is we actually communicate to ourselves and to other people, I respect you. I respect your time. I respect the work that we're doing. And this is what I need to be able to show up at 100% for that work. And it's so reasonable to have (laughs) limits and expectations for what that looks like, right? You're not an infinite well of energy and creation. Mm -hmm. You're a human being who's experiencing (laughs) life on earth. In all of the incredible nuanced ways that that is happening. And what comes out of this is so much clarity and relief. 
So when it used to be that you felt so overwhelmed by speaking your truth or telling someone you're not available for something, you felt so overwhelmed by it that the reward was avoiding speaking that truth, keeping the peace, holding back your voice. Like it's easier to feel anxiety than it is to feel guilt, right? It's easier to feel stress and feel tired than it is to feel guilt or fear. That reward starts to shift to, oh, my relationships know what I'm available for. And if we're out of alignment, if they expect something from me that I'm genuinely now realizing I can't give and I don't want to give, we get to have that conversation. And then I get to go make a decision that it's best for me and allow that other person to do the same. This is a big thing. That's a big thing. It's okay if your needs are not in alignment with someone else's. It's Mm -hmm. okay. You have a right to have different needs. Yeah. And it's so safe to start accessing that, Mm -hmm. right? And start speaking it out into space. And the first step is often doing all that work with your body and your emotions (laughs) so that you feel safe in your body and then it gets easier to take up that space, but also just practicing, Mm -hmm. really practicing honoring what you need in any given moment. Wow. Well, Aliyah, so many golden nuggets in this conversation today. If you want to learn more, Aliyah is actually giving 20% off to the listeners of the Calm Edge podcast for her Embodied Boundaries course, which I recommend to all of my clients. I have taken myself. I recommend to all of my girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> so it's such I a good foundational course. It's a great course. The link below, if you'd like to find Embodied Boundaries, I'm going to link to it below. And to get 20% off, use the promo code CALMEDGE20. Is that right? That's right. And yeah, I'm also going to link to your Instagram, Elias, so everyone can follow you. I have the Breathe Daily subscription if you want to pop into a breathwork library and just explore over 40 plus breathwork practices, ranging from five minutes to 90 minutes. That one I love. It's a great little starter yeah. space. Um, Annihilate Anxiety, Embodied Boundaries. Those are both audio-based courses. They're bite-sized. They're easy. You can listen to them like podcasts. They involve or include so many different little golden nuggets as well of like, how can we use boundaries? How can we work with our body? Kind of it's a complete system of how to get started with this work. Um, And I've got the Emotional Freedom at Your Fingertips course as well, which goes so deep into the emotional side of it everything working with your body and the energy in there. But we've also got lots more to come in 2024. And honestly, the Embodied Boundaries is my favorite place to start when you're doing this work in general. So I'm so honored that it gets to support your clients and that I get to be here having these conversations because it's really important. It's like the foundational work for our life. And it is so possible for literally anyone to learn a new way of connecting to their body and speaking their truth without fear or overwhelm. So go go get it, guys. Go get it. <laughs> it's Thank there. You so much. I'm just honored to have you on the podcast. Learn how to calm an overactive brain and tap into your zone of genius. The Calm Edge one-on-one is a three-month personalized hypno-coaching experience that I designed to teach you how to rewire your thought patterns and reframe your emotional responses so you can fully leverage your strengths and unlock the influential leader within you. To learn more, click the link below and schedule a complimentary 30-minute consultation call with me and let's chat.